talking about them good old days songs, movies, radio plays Conjuring up the old-time ways in Dad's Attic Welcome, Dad, to your own attic. Well, thank you very much. Kind of hot in your attic right now. I know. You're just reminiscing about the old days in the cold winter. Hot in the summer, cold in the winter, but I just put up with it. I have distinct memories as a kid coming up here and you'd just be sweating, trying to work on whatever you're working on. (laughs) Well, what have you been listening to, reading, watching, Well, please don't say more last of the summer wine. (laughs) I have been. I knew it. I'm nearing the end of the whole run. But yeah, that'll be ongoing. And I won't go into I wonder what your next big thing is going to be. I don't know? know. Yeah. I'm listening to a lot of Jack Benny shows again. You helped me do that because mm. you pointed out that Oh, one, yeah, those that I few heard. that were kind of lost to you, right? Yeah, but I can't find them even yeah. on Spotify <gasps> or other places. Hey. Yeah. Yes. Um, I have a question for you, a little trivia. Mm-hmm. What is one old-time radio char- character that may be more obsessed with money than Jack Benny? Let me think. I don't know. Nothing comes to mind. Well, you should you should get it. Really? It's got he's got money right in his own name. Cash. Nope. Johnny Dollar. You got it. <laughs> I've been listening to that a lot lately. Oh, that's funny. It's it's really interesting because I don't think I I must Yours not truly have, Johnny Dollar. <laughs> I must not have listened to that much as a kid. Because I did not realize they were serious like that. I thought uh-huh. it was a yeah. one, one-time deal. I'm not very familiar with it, but I've listened to many episodes of it. But, All yeah. weekend? That's That was the thing I listened to the oh, most. Interesting. It was really fun. I would you know get chores done, and they would keep rolling. There's this one um, person on YouTube who will play 10 hours of Henry Aldrich. Hmm. Or, or 10 hours of... Burns and Allen, you just put it on in the background, and there you go. Oh, I see. Wow. And this it was great for this because they just put him right in order, and here I was, mm. two hours later, still listening to the same story, and it was really interesting. Yeah. And that guy, I'll tell you, the whole time he's writing in his expense account. Yes. I thought you and Jack Benny are going to be BFFs. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Jack Benny thing you were mentioning before is that you played me a show oh, that yeah. I did not know. Yeah. I, I thought I listened to all the available Jack Benny shows on radio over and over and over. Well, yeah. And I knew them. You yeah. Know? It's it's to the point where there was no... the one. What was that? The, there was some great joke in that. That's why I called you. Yeah, that was Dennis Day at the movie theater. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? Jack said something about He went to the drive-in theater and, and said, I didn't see the movie. And Jack said, oh, because you were with a girl? And <laughs> Dennis says he, he drove in and realized he pulled in backwards or Parked something. Parked the car the wrong way. <laughs> didn't see the movie at all. <laughs> it just cracked me up because I'm thinking at some point you could just turn around, you know? Oh. Well, you know, that show I had never heard. And then I realized, I went through my catalogs and everything mm-hmm. else, and I found out there's a whole bunch of shows that that um, I know the dates of mm-hmm. them, but I don't have them. They're not, on wow. my, they're not in my little collection. Wow. And I, so far, I've not been successful at finding them somewhere mm-hmm. else. So there are some. I think they might be available. Well, how exciting is that? That's really cool, wow. yeah, to be able to do that. Yeah, yeah, that's great. When you think you don't, you've heard them all or yeah. read all the books, right. and there's another one. Yeah, so, hmm. yeah. Here's another cool thing, kind of a new thing that I did. I have old friends from that go way back, and Johnny and Phyllis from Milwaukee, and I just thought I knew them so well. And I was in their house recently, <laughs> and they they were talking. They they are the framed picture on the wall of the day the Earth stood still, and I I told them I'd never seen that movie. It's from the fifties, like nineteen fifty one, famous movie. But I, I don't like that science fiction stuff. You know, I, I think I knew of it, but I never watched it. And they had it on DVD, and they gave it to me, and said it was really good. So I watched it. And I just never knew that they were into that at yeah. all. You know, oh, that's what made it kind of fun. That's cool. So it was a good movie. I really, really, really enjoyed the incidental things, the cars huh. yeah. from that era, the telephones. Yeah. I like always like that kind of stuff yeah. in an old movie. And that movie was well done. It was like a big, long episode of the Twilight Zone or something mm-hmm. um, where this thing happened with this alien from space 
but um, it was it was made. It was a movie that was made with a budget. You know, mm-hmm. Zanuck or some one of those big producers was behind it, and uh, so it was very well done. Hmm. Better than a half hour Twilight Zone or whatever. Right. Yeah. yeah. Very very well done, and it was a lot of fun to cool. watch. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. But after all these years, how, I mean, how many movies are there? There are tons. I have to admit, I know that they're there. I haven't. I don't. Mm-hmm. I'm not familiar. Hey, you know, I I remember last time we we just discussed this. I just mentioned it. I had to go look it up myself, though. I, there is a third Mr. Hulo movie. Oh, really? That I never watched, and I'm in the middle of it right now. And I thought of you because I think you know you got to really focus and and watch for the details and things. But mm. it's really fun, and. I read about it. it uh, I was just curious, and they say a lot of critics say it's his best film. Ninety-eight percent of Rotten Tomatoes, just like it's a gift, uh-huh. you know. And we said that's what why I brought it up last time that the it's a gift reminded me of these movies, and sure enough, he was inspired by that. I didn't know there were two. What you said there? This is the third. I think it was. I think he had one that was called Mr. Hulot's Holiday, and then there's a different one called um, Mon Oncle. How do you pronounce that? I don't know. <laughs> My uncle. Yeah. Friend. But yep. yeah, whatever. And then this one was called Playtime. Hmm. And it was, it, he had this elaborate set built. Really, really mega. They called it like Tati Land. His name was Tati. Uh-huh. Is the, the guy who made the. When was this made? Uh, 50s? Late 50s, oh, I think. Okay. Or oh. early 60s. So. Uh, hmm. it, was, it was cool to see all the, you find out all these little details that he, this one was in color. But he wanted it to look like it was black and white still. So he would use a pop of color here and there. But most of the scheme was grayscale. Hmm. It was interesting. Like, the little details like that. I'll have to watch It's that. fun. I, I remember, I remember watching the first one. Yeah. When you suggested it. But it's been a while. I yeah. I remember it. I should watch it's it It's like, again. to me, it seems like an alternate universe that if we lived in a French household, my dad probably would have watched that and been referencing that instead of... W.C. Fields. I see. You know, it seems uh, like we happen to, it's kind of these aligned things. Yeah. So, I don't know, just interesting. Nice. One more thing that's yeah. new that's old. It's just, <laughs> it's just funny. This is so incidental, but I'm going to bring it up anyway. I recently heard the song, that old, an old song, the Flamingos version of um, I Only Have Eyes for You. Uh-huh. I love that song. I always have. That's beautiful. It's a great. Hey, bop, bop. It's a great. You're doing exactly what I, what I want. What did you just say? Say it again. <laughs> well, if you look up the, the lyrics to that song, how do they spell that? They're supposed to be saying "shabop shabop." Okay. I don't hear that. And when I was a kid, I remember we went to watch American Graffiti at the theater and a bunch of my friends we were walking down the street and one of my friends started singing it and he, he did something like um drudgebum drudgebum so when i heard that song recently i thought what are they saying there drudgebum also just out of curiosity did you happen to write that in your notes because i saw you your eyes avert i had to remember what it was because it's, it's just one of these things. They're not saying shabop, shabop. I think it sounds like shabop, shabop. Oh, jeez. I don't know. Drudge-a-bum is closer, <laughs> but they can't be saying that. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, it all came back song. to me when I heard that song. Yeah, yeah. I remember when I discovered that. I don't, I think I must have gotten, there was a weird CD from the library um, that had all kinds of old 50 songs like that mm-hmm. and Wolfman oh, sure. mixed in too. It was like <laughs> random, you know, after song number five, there would be a little thing like that. But I think he, he made records, oh, cool. albums where he would huh. narrate and then he'd play these So maybe songs. that was yeah. it. I don't maybe, know. Maybe, yeah. But um, I remember hearing that and you told me your take on that song. You said, I love that song. And then later discovering the Sinatra version uh. and and making that connection. I thought that, that was so mm-hmm. cool to hear the different eras do it so well both of them are, are yeah. exquisite in their own way in mm-hmm. my opinion yeah. oh, i think that's so cool how someone could rethink it like that and keep it nice they kept it so sometimes beautiful. they didn't like the song blue moon yeah, was a beautiful song right? and the marcells came up with that that thing people people were like just <laughs> aghast at that 
But the kids liked it, and it was, it's a I good bet. song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> either way, it's just, it's nice to have the luxury to sit back and get to pick through those. You get to hear all those versions, and not really, you know, when you're this far removed from it, now you can just say, oh, today I want to listen to the original Blue Moon, because I'm feeling misty or something. Uh-huh. And then the next day you can choose the other one, and not have any kind of hang-ups. Sure. Imagine if you were older and thought, this is blasphemy, you know? Mm. Well, I remember a song when I was a teenager. They took the song Hooked on a Feeling, mm-hmm. which was Ooh, a popular gotcha. song. <laughs> <laughs> That's really someone using their <sighs> their imaginations or something to come up with, up with that. How weird that was. Yeah. But people, again, kids especially, thought that was fun. Yeah. Know, they were doing In it In your all. opinion, do you think it's... Ooga chugga. This is a good question, actually. Do you think it's better to have it come back into the public eye again and get a resurgence in a kind of a weird way or if i wrote it i'd like that you know yeah i mean but it is yeah sure or we wanted to fade into nothingness because people forget about it i mean i don't know i wonder how many of those kinds of songs failed that we never yeah, heard because right, someone yeah. said Bleh, how hey, stupid. this is something that's new that's new but it's by someone old I guess. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> Adam just discovered yesterday, he was so excited. Oh, you should have seen him. He's like a little kid. He yeah. discovered that Bob Dylan, at some point, he had some kind of a motorcycle accident yes. or something, and he retreated to recover in some cabin uh-huh. and wrote a whole bunch of songs that never, just the lyrics, no music to them. Hmm. And so recently, he gave those lyrics to all these really outstanding musicians like a bunch of oh, current musicians uh-huh. and said you guys put these to music now and so there's this whole library of wow. songs by I dylan didn't know this, huh? but then you know these modern musicians kind of made it their own so it's kind of cool i don't remember what the another mondegreen coming up to mind here what? It was when i was a kid the same group that i was with there was a my friend dave who used to go around singing um when Dylan's song Lay, Lady, Lay was popular. Yeah. It was on the radio. That was a 45. That was what I cut that off of his album that, that made it into the onto the radio and everything. Mm-hmm. Lay, Lady, Lay, Lay Upon My Big Brass Bed is what he says. <laughs> and he says it twice. And my friend used to, I don't know, if and when I listen to it now, I, can, I still can hear <laughs> Dylan singing what my friend thought he was singing. And it's hard to not hear it. Um, lay, Lady, Lay, Lay Upon a Puppy Grass Bed. That's what he thought they were saying. It's just, it's so, these are Mondegreens. They're kind of fun. Lay, lady, lay, lay upon a puppy grass bed. We're we're like, he's like 13 years old. He thought that's what he was singing. He's going around seriously singing this. (laughs) But, okay, I know I've asked you this before too, and I did not get a very reasonable response. (laughs) That song sounds so different. Sounds like he's a completely different musician, oh. Dylan. Uh-huh. He's got that like frog voice. Well, and then it's he's got, he got it completely changes to this, you know, rhythmic, almost poetic. Like he's his narrating. usual, yeah. His usual songs are, are more. He didn't have that gruff. Did he, my song, question is? Yeah. Did he consciously change it? Was it because of overuse that he he? had to alter it or was it like a decision at some point like know. oh this is i don't too... think it was quite like george harrison singing dark horse where he had a cold right and forever we've heard this hoarse voice yeah but i think dylan Clearly, he was trying to be romantic and so he wasn't doing this hmm. usual raspy uh more so that was always there and then he'd go so. for it like he did he hmm. look how many times his voice has changed i know you know it's just gotten kind of rough and ragged but yeah i don't know Huh. Did he start with that sweet voice and then get, it got rough? He had such he... a boyish voice in the beginning. Some of those yeah. protest songs. He's, he's, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. Good, good I would like to see a, or hear, I should say, hear a timeline of his Well, voice. sure. I we will never know what Buddy Holly was yeah. going to sound like later. Right. And even when you listen to John Lennon, you can hear a change yeah. in his voice over the 10 yeah. years time. But Dylan, we've got, we have yeah. 60 years of, right. of time. Right, he's still going now, yeah. yeah. Hey, speaking of all those names, do you want to discuss our topic of fame? Or did you sure. want to share something about um, your... The name I picked out yes. last week was Don Rickles. Don Rickles. What do you want to do first? Um, well... Let's do fame because we're kind of on yeah, that topic yeah. anyway. Okay. Yeah, 
did how did you like that topic? Did you think about it or? Um, I had thought about it, and I didn't think you told me you found some source. Mm-hmm. So tell us about yeah. that because I don't, I don't, I don't have anything like that. Well, um, I found a really interesting resource. It was a, a peer-reviewed article on this topic. I wasn't really expecting to go down that route, but I, I was really contemplating the whole thing. You know, we could have picked any number of names from a from our bucket, yeah. and analyzed how those particular people handle it. Um, but this author is Mark Schaller of the University of British Columbia, and the article's title is The Psychology, uh, um, no, The Psychological Consequences of Fame, Three Tests of Self-Consciousness Hypothesis. Hmm. It's very serious. Scholarly. Scholarly. Yeah. So 900 page book or what? No, okay. but it was it was pretty interesting. He had this this concept of chronic self-consciousness, chronic self-awareness is sure. one contribution to this problem. And then fame equals the entrance into this exclusive group. You have to you have to sure. stick with the same people. You can't mingle with with just yeah. the masses anymore. Yeah. And so you're when you're in a small group like that, there are other research studies that say the, the smaller your group becomes in any case, the more susceptible you are to um, your, to feeling secure in yourself because you're mm-hmm. constantly analyzing how you're being seen by these other people. Isn't that something? Yeah. I've never really considered it in those terms, but yeah, true. Yeah. These people who are famous, they are like in a cage and mm-hmm. they, they can't just go anywhere or do anything. Not only are the people who they don't know, the strangers analyzing them, but then within their own circle of friends, they have to maintain a certain persona because they have such a limited amount to pick from yeah um he says that these problems exist no matter who you are if you're famous or not there's a there are differences with famous people and this this author said that there's not really much research on fame it's really hard to do quantitative studies on it because think about it you you can't study a whole bunch of people and think well maybe one of you will become famous and then we can keep studying you later how are you supposed to get that data wow um so what he did was use a lot of studies that of just typical psychology for for anybody and then applied it to famous people and i'll tell you about his tests here too he said that it's for any normal person um we are always trying to reduce the gap between the real self, our real self, and the ideal self that people want us to be or we want ourselves to be. And there are two ways a normal person can cope with that. Either you can rise to that ideal self and change yourself to fit that, mm-hmm. which some people do, or you can lower that standard mm-hmm. for yourself and change it that way. But famous people can't do that. Hmm. The standard has been set for them yeah. by everybody. And, and some it, of them can't handle it at all. No. And they go kablooey. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what he did say, too. He said some people can can be famous and it doesn't really affect them. It's not like this, you become famous and you, and you implode. He said that most people who have issues with it probably also would have had issues anyway, even without the fame. At some point, they would have had, maybe not to the same degree, but mm-hmm. they would have maybe been predisposed or predetermined to There are people who that. live here in Sheboygan, I suppose. I don't know any. I can't think of any right off. Who've been married seven times, right? But, or let's say let's not they say Sheboygan, let's say Milwaukee. I don't know mm-hmm. how many people even in Milwaukee would not famous who do yeah. that. But famous people, they do yeah, that. They yeah. can't. They don't have. A, or turning to alcohol or drugs or yeah. something. People do that kind of stuff all the time. People self medicate all the time yeah. who aren't famous. So then that's different. Think well, that's a lot of what. So let me tell you the the specific studies this particular author did. The the classic thing oh. I think when these people who are famous kind of implode is when they you find them yelling in an airport mm-hmm. or at a taxi driver. Don't you know who I am? Who can do that? Yeah. But a famous person who's right. got this weird uh, thing that's built up inside right. them. Yeah. Because so this is it's really interesting you say that because the way this this author addressed this scientifically was he studied three famous people kurt cobain cole porter and john cheever are you familiar author, with yeah. yeah author mm-hmm. so two musicians one author interesting choices mm-hmm. yeah um all three had bit. issues yeah. all three had major issues hmm. the way this guy did it was he studied these people's works pre-fame hmm. and post-fame 
Interesting. Certain year, you can look at the article to see the specific years. And he put their music or work into this database that would remove all the pronouns and count them up. Hmm. And he discovered that um, for each one, it, it nearly doubled or more the amount of pronouns, personal pronouns, I, me, self-focused songs or, or pieces of work post-fame. The work before that wasn't as focused on that. I see. And suddenly you can see that they're just like, they're all they can do is think about how the world sees them. They're, they're kind of, they're their own person they're, and they're kind of lost. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to advocate for them a little bit here by mm-hmm. saying, I think they understood, a lot of them understood that their fans wanted to hear that. Yeah. They, we wanted to hear what was on, what's on John Lennon's mind right. now with his new album, you know, when it, back when they were coming out. Mm-hmm. And you wanted, you'd be disappointed if he were singing songs that weren't about him at yeah. least some of the time, you know? Yeah. I, I don't know if I agree with that. I think that, okay, first of all, I think I was thinking a lot about John Lennon. I've got something else to share with you about that in a little bit. I think he did a better job coping with this and realizing the mm. greater picture. Maybe. Because he, when he's doing these songs, he's he's spitting it right back, saying, you know, um, watching the wheels, I'm not partaking in your, you want me to yeah, be. That came way later, though. Earlier, I remember I remember when Mind Games came out, mm. a lot of us were like, oh, what's what's on his mind now? Mm. You know, That first album was, was astounding, that first album yeah. that he made. So personal and so much was going on there. Yeah. But then he went through other changes with some time in New York City. Mm-hmm. It was like, holy man, look what's going on yeah. here now. You thought he was going off the rails a couple times. Then he would be back with these yeah. nice songs about love, loving Yoko mm-hmm. or whatever. And he's a good example. Here. He is, yeah. yeah. Well, Dylan too. let me tell you this. The thing that popped in my mind immediately when, we, when I picked that out was the song Fame by David Bowie. With John Lennon yes, singing back. Exactly. <laughs> and he helped write it too. Oh. Hmm. Um, and and also Carlos Alomar was part of that too. Hmm. So I, I just don't know need who to that give is. A, hmm. I wasn't familiar I either. But a third person yeah, involved, I think okay. he did the um, music, the the hmm. melody and things for it, I believe. So that song, I mean, I think to me that it's it seems like John Lennon. Um, Elton John, David Bowie. There's like certain a certain crust of people mm. who were in their in their little inner circle, but they did really get each other. They weren't trying to. They, it seemed like they worked together on this kind of thing, and yeah. they they were experiencing it together. So to hear them put this song up, yeah, it was yeah. one of the his best songs, yeah. and he hated it. Really? You know, yeah, he was so annoyed. He said, Bowie said. I think fame itself is not a rewarding thing. The most you can say is that it gets you a seat at restaurants. Huh. And he was just, he did not well, he like. he didn't hate the song. He did hate the song. He oh. was annoyed at the song. He was annoyed. It was That and song represented so much. Because hmm. he was having fights with his um, manager. I see. And, <laughs> and then people in the, he just, and all, I think they were just fed Who up with it. Who would have guessed that? Yeah. yeah. I am fascinated by this thing you said about. How they have this little circle of friends, and that, that that's they're limited to mm-hmm. that. And I often wondered, how does it happen? Where I'm just gonna th- pull a name out, Jerry Seinfeld. Um, he hears about Dave Chappelle getting attacked on stage. Mm-hmm. He could call him and say, "Oh, you know, I'm how so, are you doing? How yeah. would you? How would you? How would you get into that little network? How yeah. famous do you have to be before you know yeah. somebody's phone number? Or even yeah. these athletes, you know, these." LeBron James will call Giannis in Milwaukee. How do they get each other's right, numbers? What, yeah. Who provides that for them? How do well, you? Well, and think you know, about it. I can't. I call would these imagine guys. that it's probably a similar feeling to high school or something, where you're kind of like hmm. on the fringe maybe for a while, and then you make it, and then <laughs> yeah. you're kind of like trying to. I would think it's similar yeah, to that. Yep. And I, I have this <laughs> feeling that maybe there are. This is kind of a weird connection too, but. Sometimes there are better years in school and worse where, you know, these kids really click and uh, this this grade, not so much. I wonder if that's the same thing in Generations of Fame huh. where maybe Lennon had these pals that saw through it and helped him get to a point where it wasn't so debilitating mm-hmm. and they could share in that together. Yeah. And then others maybe didn't, maybe Kurt Cobain didn't have anybody, maybe he didn't connect with anyone else. Well, and the egos, all the, a lot of these rock groups, you're talking about music here, 
the egos got in the way and mm-hmm. they and they ended up dissolving. Yeah. Because they, there's too much going on there. Yeah. So that happens too. Yeah. Whereas look at these. Look what happened with the traveling Wilburys. These were big names. Yeah. Dylan, George Harrison, right. and they were able to kind of put that all aside and say, "Let's do this just together." Just for fun, almost. Yeah. It seemed like they were just having a good time. They couldn't yeah. have done that years prior. No. You know? They, it's almost like they outgrew that part and they yeah. made it to the next level. Mm-hmm. They they were able to, again, like I said, see the whole picture. They could see that it was, that was fleeting or something. There and I some... wonder if, you know, people like, we long ago we talked about Frances Bavier and how she kind of went into into this secluded yep. state. And it's sort of Frances sad. Frances Bavier was in the movie The Day the Earth Stood <laughs> Still. She had speaking wow. role. Yeah. That's incredible. <laughs> that was like 10 Ten years before oh, the Andy Griffith show. How could you not have known that or seen that? <laughs> I didn't. Anyway. Yeah, go ahead. I, I just think that maybe us fans <laughs> on the outside might think it's really sad when people just kind of mm, fall into the woodwork mm. or something. But maybe it's not so bad. Maybe that's exactly what she wanted. And hmm. who knows? You know, it's funny because some of these things you're talking about, I did not expect to align with what I have to say mm. about Don Rickles, about <laughs> but some of this stuff Let's is hear it's, it. it's really there. I, but, but, I want no, you to I'm, finish I want, yours. I'm, this is, I'm, You're good, good for now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Tell me about Don. Don Rickles. I'm, I've been aware of him all my life. Maybe not before I was three, but <laughs> really beyond that, he's always been on TV. He's always been on the Tonight Show. He's always been on all these these places. You know that I'm so familiar with. It's amazing to me how little I knew about him. Hmm. I didn't know anything about him before I picked his name out of the jar last time. And I, th- I thought, well, where did he even live when he was a kid? Where did he, what's going on with him? But I've got the answers now. At least, you know, yeah, a, a lot of them. It's fun. <laughs> he was he was actually a really good guy. I, good. I, when I was a kid, I didn't like him at all. He was a, kind of a <laughs> loud mouth, insulting people. That was his whole thing, you know, was he was insult oh. everybody. And, and call on, in nightclubs, he did it on TV too, but in nightclubs, he would pick on people in the audience. He would <laughs> insult some guy's wife, you know. Or, you mean as the as the stand-up comedian? That was his thing. Okay. That's what he was famous for. <laughs> Calling people a hockey puck. You hockey puck. You know, look at that guy. He's wearing a toupee, you know. He's like, you know? And people laughed. And I thought, what a horrible guy, you know. I didn't like him at all when I was a kid. But it was amazing. He didn't really pick on a guy's wife so much as um, I remember he would single out a guy in the audience though and say, "How what a schmuck like you! How would you get such a beautiful wife? Oh, and you must have the." And he would like insult the guy, you yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody would laugh, but it's like, holy man! But I think people <laughs> expected that and they liked it. And in fact, I've got the answer to that where that started from him. For for him, he was born in New York City. No big surprise. He was in a, uh, from a Jewish family, and he lived to be like 90 years old. Wow. He just died in 2017. Oh, wow. And he was active until right till the huh. end, really doing things. He was a, he was doing a lot of voice work. He was the voice of, and I never watched these Toy Story oh, yeah. movies, but he was the voice of... Uh, Mr. Potato Head? Yep. Mr. Potato Head. Yes. Yeah. So you know that, yeah. Well, when you... I d- wouldn't have, but then mm. when I put his voice with, uh, I remember his voice, and then I remember that character's voice. Uh-huh. That's enough to snap Good. it together. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. My first uh, acquaintance with him was he was on the, he was in an early episode of the Andy Griffith Show. Oh, he just he was coming. He came into Mayb- Mayberry, and I forget what his problem was, but he was. Why Andy Griffith being the that's the. <laughs> connector of all things tonight <laughs> <I> <laughs> the day the earth stood still and <laughs> yeah. what the heck oh well he was um he had a long marriage you know talking about these famous people yeah. famous people i always think that's a good sign i like that when i hear some guy who was married for 60 years or whatever and he was he was married to the same woman from but he he didn't meet her until he was like 38 so mm. he, did, he was unmarried until quite was when did he late. hit his when did he become famous how old was he when he became i'll tell famous? you oh. he was born in 1926 when he was a young man he was in the world war ii he was mm-hmm. uh, in the navy and when he got out of the war he was probably then about you know 20 he went to acting school he wanted to be an actor mm. he was a very good actor he ultimately was in movies with clark gable clint mm. eastwood 
Robert De Niro. He, he was in serious movies where yeah. he did a good job acting. But when he first got out of acting school, he couldn't get good roles. He was frustrated with that, so he tried comedy. And he went to, he did comedy in New York, Miami, and L.A. Wow. I and, would think if, if serious <laughs> acting didn't work out, comedy would be kind of a hard <laughs> second option, you know? Jeez. Well, this is, this, is, this is a real short <laughs> version of his story, but he didn't like getting heckled, uh, and he started dishing oh. it back to the hecklers, and people, he found out real quickly that people liked his heck, his answers to back to the hecklers more than his comedy. <laughs> His comedy wasn't all that good, but he they loved his stuff, yeah. and he he didn't really use much later in his career when he was became real famous for this insult comedy. He didn't use a script. He didn't write mm. jokes. He would just kind of go out there and let it fly. Wow. That's why when he had two different TV shows that failed, they didn't last a season mm. because he wasn't good on TV with scripts and all that. Right. Then yeah. he had a show that lasted a couple years. I remember it. I don't think I ever watched an episode. CPO Sharky. He was some mm. some guy in the military. It was a comedy, but that lasted a couple of years. So that was not his big thing. Mm. His big thing was going to those roasts and insulting <laughs> everybody, <laughs> being on the Tonight Jeez. Show, insulting those nightclubs and in that, Las Vegas. This probably aligns with that time period too, right? We remember last season we with talked about yeah how there was a big surge of upcoming. Guess comedians? who his best friend was. And I knew this from, I remember hearing this a long time ago, and my research verified it. What? His best buddy, who he went on vacations with, their wives were best friends too, Bob Newhart. Oh. Don Rickles oh. and Bob Newhart. That they, makes sense. Yeah. Huh. So that's kind of wow. cool. But here's the story. He was in Miami. This is unbelievable, actually. He was in Miami on in a nightclub telling joke, doing this thing with insults and all that, and he spotted Frank Sinatra. And he didn't know Frank Sinatra, but he started dishing it out. And he said something. He didn't know him or he didn't know of him. He knew of him, but he didn't. They weren't. Later they became friends. Well, yeah. (laughs) He said, Oh, I see Frank Sinatra's here. And and he started giving him stuff. So he said something like, I saw you in that last movie you were in. um, And he insulted his acting ability, which I don't think you should do to Frank Sinatra. (laughs) (laughs) And then he went as far as to say, why don't you make yourself at home, Frank? Hit somebody. <gasps> That's pretty... I think... You're like asking for it then. <laughs> Sinatra Jeez. loved it. And Sinatra became good friends with him. Got him work in Las Vegas and everything oh else. Oh my so... God. <laughs> Ooh, that could have gotten one of two ways. I know. Whew. And there's another incident where he was in... This was 1972. Rickles was at the Copacabana in New York. And he was told there was a, there was this... A mobster in the audience, Crazy Joe Gallo. And he was told, be careful, don't rib him. Well, he did. He did it anyway. And this Gallo liked it. And they became kind of friendly that night about it. Yeah. And Gallo invited Rickles to come after the show to Umberto's Clam House. They were all going there for food <laughs> after the show. And Rickles begged off and didn't go. And Gallo was shot and killed <gasps> there that night. Isn't that something? Ooh, so yeah. What a story. What oh. the heck? Well, he did, he let it fly, and he and it was like yeah. People I think went to his shows. Maybe remember that Gallagher guy? Yeah. You, you go to his shows, yep. and you you're half Expect. expecting he's hitting something in the face, yeah. you know, a piece of watermelon. And it's part or of the thing, yeah. Right. So you'd go to Rickles, and you were like, get ready for they me. could he could pick on me, and you, you know? have to be have a good attitude because <laughs> if you're the one in the audience who's annoyed yeah. then you're the one who's you everyone's gonna go. turn on you right yeah. yeah yeah i bet that's probably why those two liked that because they were famous in their own that ah. that what was his name gallo gallo or um, gallagher gallo. not gallagher no don't get them <laughs> <laughs> yeah he probably was never got anybody you know never had any fun like that yeah everybody's afraid of and, and snatcher too it's a different form of right. fame. yeah yeah so to have somebody treat you like that like just like anybody else in the audience <laughs> must have been a kind of a refreshing thing uh-huh jeez mm. but rickles yeah he died in 2017 and he was pretty active right up to the end cool. doing things it's kind of cool yeah i yeah, had his, I... I had his record he had a mm. big it was a pretty good selling album hello dummy <laughs> um i don't know i got to listen to some of his comedy 
It's all, it's mostly insults. Yeah. Which can be funny. But now that's become a, I wonder if he spearheaded that because that's become kind of a comedy Hmm. theme for certain comedians, I think, right? I mean, I wonder if he was one of the first to go ahead with that, you know? Probably. Well, what was that restaurant in Chicago you used to go to? Oh, Ed DeBevick's? Yeah. Yeah. Where you go in and yeah. they insult you and treat yeah. you real poorly and people would go in and they wanted to do that. Yeah, so, yeah, right. The food was probably pretty good. I don't think yeah, it was excellent. Yeah, not great, but <laughs> you went for the insults. <laughs> what would they do? Like, sit down over there. Yeah. It was just kind of like, whoa. They laugh, right, you know. Right, yeah. <laughs> it was always kind of nerve-wracking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. Yeah. Um, I think that's good that you that you researched him because it sounds like an example of someone who became famous but didn't get wrapped up in all of it too much. Because yeah. I think I do think that what I what we talked about last time is that I think fame does something to some to, to, to your consciousness, yes. But I do I think it's a magnified version of what any normal person experiences. Some people are more affected by certain things than others. Yeah, and it, and you know we all get to sit on the outside and watch these famous people and see how they handle it, mm-hmm. but I do I think that for every one that that kind of goes off the rails, there's also somebody who's doing just fine. Yeah, and maybe they aren't in the news because they're just at home and enjoying life, but famous. You know, I mean, I I think that there's and people go through phases too. That's the other thing. It's unfair to say, oh, this person is. Not doing well, because I mean, do, do we all have perfect years, perfect lives all the time? You know, don't you? Don't we all? Add yeah, and, and there's like that, that there's that term, overnight sensation. Mm. If that happens to you, yeah, that's, that's hard. Yeah. yeah, that's harder. But sometimes it's gradual. Yeah, you know, right. and, you, and you get some people seek it out. Others, it's look at Rickles. Upon them. Rickles, when he did that to Sinatra. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, he was like vaulted into this spot, right? Yeah. And he, where he was friends with Frank Sinatra, they were fr- good buddies. He mm-hmm. was kind of part of the Rat Pack a little bit. Mm. Don Rickles, not really, but he was, you know, they they liked yeah, each, other. Elbows with each other. Yeah, with each other. But I mean, he, clearly, he was sort of seeking that out, though. Too, he was on yeah. stages and trying. Like, there, I right. think if you yeah. weren't interested in being famous, <laughs> you could also just take to the woods. You know, that's those people who win the lottery. You yeah. Know? Right. All of a sudden, they got all this money, and everybody's looking at them and, right, and right. wanting things, and yeah, it's they a can't little different. That. Yeah. Everyone, everybody knows that my one of my favorites is Paul McCartney, of course. But I think he seems like somebody who I don't know what a normal day for Paul McCartney is, mm. but I have to say. It just seems like that guy knows exactly how important he is to this world. And so he'll do these little kindnesses, just do a little interview here and there, share share sure. a little personal story, and then, or just touches a person on the shoulder. That's all it takes. And suddenly they're like, oh, now I've been touched by Paul McCartney. I mean, yeah. they can, then for the rest of their lives, he, he understands that something so little like that can impact somebody. So he'll do it. And then he'll go be in his personal house. He won't, you know. Sure. It's... He knew how to do that when he was just a kid or mm-hmm. young. He was like 21 or 22 when they when they got famous here. And in Milwaukee, and this is not a real well-known story, but I remember reading it in the local paper. When they came to Milwaukee in 1964, I don't, remember, I don't know when it was, somewhere around there, they played in Milwaukee, and he got wind of this one girl who was supposed to go, and she was she had like a bad cold or something, a bad sickness, she couldn't go to the concert. He heard about it, and somehow he reached out to her and went to visit her, or did wow. made a call to her or something. You know that kind of stuff. Yeah. He was just young then. Yeah. But now he does it. Like after nine one one nine eleven in uh, New York, mm-hmm. he came. You know, he was there. And he he sang a special song. Wow. He, he recognized yeah. that the gravity of that. And, right. And uh, I know. think there are some people who who realize that okay, I'm so famous, I can't. What else am I going to do with this? I, I have this now. And then they use it in a way that, that will be productive for everybody. And it's it, to me, it's, it's really just a gift. It's not like, I don't know that, that he's getting much from that anymore. Yeah. He's seen it all. <laughs> you know, I mean, so he it's really nice is that just he recognizes it. it. And look at yeah. George Harrison in Bangladesh. And mm-hmm. he, he recognized this. He could do this right. more, better than anybody using, else. Using using gather that. all these people mm-hmm. together and do a concert and right. earn some money, make make some money for these people. Yeah, it all is so meaningful. And I think you you know we're back to this whole fame thing again. But yeah, I think you were really right before about saying how important it is for 
people to, to hear these songs or read these books or whatever, whatever the media is, doesn't matter. But when, when you hear your own feelings being reflected back to you by someone like that, then it you feel validated in things, you know, I mean... I think, oh, sometimes I get so choked up listening to Queen songs, mm. of all things. Usually they're supposed to be kind of upbeat, but mm. there are some lyrics that make me think, oh my gosh, knowing Freddie Mercury's story, at the time when they were coming up, maybe people didn't know all of that. Right. They were just hearing the song. He's talking about somebody they were he's group. in love with. You, didn't, you, knew, you knew his name, Yeah. but you didn't, not like they do today. Yeah. Right. It There's a Queen. lot more that came out about him, specifically. Mm-hmm. And then you think, he was just trapped. I want to break free. Hmm. Oh, I, w- I want to break free. Just free from these lies and da-da-da. It's like, oh, you were you were trapped. And, and to hear that, if you were somebody who also felt trapped and you heard that, then you would feel like someone else gets it. And, and it's like, you know, it's. I just think that every time I hear those songs... Though I'm not feeling that myself necessarily, it really makes me mm-hmm. happy that he felt like I don't know strong enough to share yeah. it with the whole world. It's incredible. Well, you know, I'm glad you reminded me of what I re- I remember being a teenager and anticipating these records by John Lennon. I've mm-hmm. seen before other ones too, other groups. You just like I want to hear what they have, to, what's on their mind. Yeah, you knew they were going through some changes. Mm-hmm. They, they've kind of flipped. George Carlin, if you're right. listening to those records, all of a sudden he flipped yeah. and he became a totally different guy. Right. So to hear what he had to say next was, was really important. And one thing we didn't really address here tonight, but maybe could be a topic some other mm-hmm. time, kids, famous mm-hmm. kids and how yeah. they handle the fame. Because yep. that's hard, hard, hard. Yep. And a lot of them did not In this do article, well. it says exactly that too. It yeah. said that the children of these people often struggle with it with no i mean kids who were like michael jackson oh. famous as a kid um Ron yeah. ha- ronnie howard yeah yeah he did it well mm-hmm. in general i think and uh some of these child actors right child actors in movies and in yep. tv shows yep. singers you know whatever if they got famous when they're just four years old or yeah. eight years old that's hard to know yeah. what to do you don't even but, you don't even no, know what to i'm do. gonna argue but i'm saying what i'm saying too i think we should do all of this because the children of these famous people yeah. have to, what are they supposed to do too? They're yeah. kind of sometimes stuck, you know. So if you're the child of, of you can't go anywhere John either. I mean, yeah. <laughs> or like, what? How are you supposed to? How are you supposed Who to can you play branch with? out? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Who's your circle? I mean, oof. Don Rickles' kids would have to go play with Frank Sinatra's kids. You know? <laughs> how do you think these <laughs> people? They didn't like they, each I'm other. sure a lot of these people go to see therapists. <laughs> But yeah. how does a therapist speak with, how are they supposed to relate to somebody who's that famous? How are they supposed to be like, oh, yeah, let me suggest this. They, they don't even know. I, I would think that's such an, I think that there's a lot we don't know about the human brain. And I think that this area is kind of Well, it's, it, what you're saying is, is interesting because I don't know much about this, but you do hear about the the psychiatrist for the stars right. or the lawyer the, the divorce the lawyer for the stars even the, the the hairdresser for the stars yeah. yeah so there are people who have become kind of famous themselves yeah. because they have well, learned yeah, how to Beatles, do it the beatles hairdresser came as a special guest once very interesting <laughs> i mean he gave you an honorary haircut and you oh. got a little snip of hair <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Anyway. Well, should we pick a couple from the jar? Although, you know what? I didn't ever get to my Dave Brubeck. Oh, you were supposed to do Dave so Brubeck, I'll, I'll but you didn't. I'll save that for next time. Okay. Because this was just too interesting. So, yeah, I agree. This was, wanna... We had a broad topic of yeah, fame. Yeah, I know. know. I, it really, I mean, we could... We could revisit it, actually. Talk about it any, for hours, yeah. really. You know what I'd like to talk about? I don't want to go in the jar. Okay. This came up a while back, and I've been thinking about it. I would like to talk about... Um, Album covers, Ooh. favorite album covers, or yeah. ones that are, one that ones that I think have failed, and you can okay. do ones that you yeah. think have failed too. But my favorite album covers, I love to talk about them. Okay, don't tell me them now though, because I'm I, wanna... I won't. Okay, I won't. Good. But this could be yeah. rock bands, 
Yeah. That's what I'm thinking of mostly. But just, you know, singers, male, female singers, whoever, you know, popular singer album covers. The album yeah. cover used to be kind of a, a big part of the advertising or promotion of the record, of the music. So, yeah. Yeah, that's they, good. They carefully yeah, chose you're it. right. Um, I think that we should also, I'm not sure if this would work or not, but I think if anybody out there listening has any thoughts about these topics, let's invite people to write in and share yeah. if you want or or that'd be fun drop us a line and see what you think about yeah. fame or album covers or whatever it'd be kind of fun to touch base i've got three album covers that i want to talk about next week and maybe more but they're my favorite my, i always think there are all oh, there are so many yeah but right now i'm thinking of these three i don't know if i can even i gotta look through my my collection of course, you could probably, you know, analyze and talk about Sergeant Pepper I, forever. Well, yeah. And there's so much on that I don't album think cover. I could even, I don't think I have as much of a immediate connection as, I mean, obviously, you. it's a little different for you, I think, because, I mean, I just used CDs as a kid. Right. You know? When I was a kid, or when I was a young adult, you'd go to somebody's house and there, these album covers were visible. They were, wow. you could see what people were listening to. They'd be right there, you know? Yeah. And a lot of them were very well done with a lot of interesting photography mm -hmm. and colors and, and it, that changed. All yeah. of a sudden people had CDs and they were stashed away and you couldn't see what, but it, right. was, it wasn't yeah. as visible. And then they went from there to nothing streaming and yeah. MP3 or whatever. Although I'm not sure if you've noticed, this is kind of cool, I guess. Some some songs on Spotify have those animated oh. videos. You yes, put a song yes. and it's kind of got a little mini music yep. video. It's kind of cool. Mm -hmm. Kind of an interesting take, I guess. But um, yeah, that's a great topic. I think that sounds really fun. That'd be fun. So the combination of Brubeck and album covers for next Did Brubeck time. have any good album covers? I don't know. We'll have to find out. I can remember a couple of good ones. Yeah. But usually it's just his face. Yeah. See, that's the thing. I think <laughs> a lot of them did. One that. other time, you and I talked about album. Like, there's certain weird albums that show up at Goodwill every time. It's like Mitch Miller. Oh yeah. And a bunch of Christmas. His face would be on there. Yeah. Yep. There's those, these classic Engelbert Humperdinck. There's all these like 15 same titles flipping yeah. through the whole same Andy Williams. You got the same ones, but. <laughs> <laughs> Right? Am I, am and I right? all these will be just their, their face. Just their they face. never had the interesting album covers. No, I know. I think that maybe that's another part of my problem is I have a lot of kind of like compilation albums of the the best of the 30s or something like that. Uh, and it's like, well, that's not really, <laughs> I don't know, not quite the same. Worse than vibe. putting your face on your album cover. A lot of them did that. It'll be no problem. You know, that's that's a lot of my favorite people did that too. Mm -hmm. It would be their face on the front <laughs> and you turn it around, it'd be their face on the back, a different picture of their face. <laughs> Fine. But I, this, here's someone I don't know much about at all, but I can't stand her. Diane Crawl. Is it Diana? Diana, I think. That Diana jazz Krall, singer. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like her. I like I like the way she, uh, her the musicians who play for her are good. It's good jazz, but I don't like her. And I think it, it goes back to someone I know had her CD, and my God. There's a picture of her on the front. Okay, fine. And then you open it up, and this little booklet with about 70 pi pictures it, it opens up like an accordion. They're all pictures of her. All these. She's just not smiling. She's got this hair all combed. Like her leg is all visible after she's got this, this slit up her dress. And she's just like these cheesecake pictures of Diana, Diana Krall. Yeah. Like, I don't want to look at her. What the heck? You know, come on. Oh, Why would she funny. do You're that? Right, the big face She's of not Andy a Williams. beauty. Why would she do that? Damn. Oh. My goodness. <laughs> I gotta look her up. Oh. oh. Well, I don't know if she did that all the time, but that one CD, it was like too many pictures of her in these <laughs> poses that were just kind of icky and ugly. Oh, but, well, I don't know. Boy. And the music well, did not bowl it. me over. I that like I, it for you. There are jazz singers who I just love. And I just think that she's she didn't put a good didn't, spin well, on any yeah. of her stuff. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, I think this is going to be a good good topic for next. <laughs> Hope week. I didn't go too far with that, but <laughs> I should go look at that. That was twenty years ago when I saw that. I should go look again and try to find that and see if I have the same gut reaction. But, I have a feeling you will, based on yeah. how Ralph visceral that your response was. <laughs> oh man! Well, come on, jeez. 
Well, and is that where, it? What's her ego doing there? How, how, you know, maybe you're a good singer, but does everybody want to look at every angle of you up your nose and everything else, whatever you're doing? Come on. Jeez. <laughs> what oh. a way to send off. What the heck? Well, that's a little preview to what we're going to get next <laughs> Next week. Actually, I want to talk about my favorite album covers, but there are some, not her, actually. I, I, I wasn't expecting to go there. But there are some album covers that I think are just really questionable. Bad ideas. Shouldn't have done them. Ooh. They thought they were being clever and, and, yeah. and artistic. Eh. No. <laughs> no. I'm curious Including now. some a band I really, really like and admire very, very much. Ooh. We'll have to do it in a sneaky way. Like, you'll have to have me guess it or something like that before revealing who it yeah. is. Something like that. Uh-huh. I don't think we have any time for any of our games. Okay. We did go over today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fine. Um, but I think it's time for you to get back up to your attic and get back to work. I am in my attic. Remember our... Remember our Dad, what was last it again? Time we... I can't remember what our send-off was supposed to be. <laughs> what is it again? That was it. <laughs> What is it again? I don't know. Something about you going back to your. I am here already. You back up to back to your work here. Oh, now, and I go. I, I don't know. Boy, is this clunky. <laughs> <laughs> I re- remember we had something. Yeah. Fixed up that we were yeah, going to say. I better but... write it down next time. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I... what the way you wrote down, Bob Baba Shoot. <laughs> Oh, it's good. I, I'll, who's going to remember that? i got to look it up here again. He's got his notes. Um, drudge a bum. <laughs> drudge a bum. Drudge a bum. You listen to that song. Yeah. I only have eyes for you by the Flamingos on the way home. You'll hear it. You'll hear yeah. drudge a bum. You won't hear shabop shabop. Okay, whatever you say. <laughs> Good night. I don't know if it's cloudy or bright.